Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne fois, ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Stanley pour les Canadiens, le match troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. You can watch us, of course, on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, and on Twitter Live. The sick podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, recently named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies, the country's leading business award recognizing innovative and world-class companies the best managed canadian companies designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for their customers their employees and their communities join a winning team and check out energy's career page for available opportunities also brought to you in part by playground experienced a world-renowned poker experience with free food and drinks at their cash game tables a bad beat jackpot that is already over seven hundred thousand dollars after the world wrecking record-setting amount of $2,590,000 won back on August 2nd. Weekly promotions, daily tournaments, and unmatched customer service. Why play anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal Playground and brought to you in part by La Bita TB. Brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards, La Bita TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bita TB, embrace your true nature uh joining me tonight to talk montreal canadians because uh, i saw something uh up on Daniculis, which is uh, by the way a website that i like very much they work extremely hard max truman is running a great site and one of those people working very hard for him of Daniculis is charles alexis brisbois charles alexis bonsoir comment vas-tu how are you Ça va très bien, Tony. How are you yourself? Ça va bien. <laughs> Même quand il pleut, le soleil me tend la main. Ça va bien. Ça va bien. Nice. She was the I best. was not ready for that, but I really appreciate it. Kathleen Sergery. That was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. That was back in the day. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I don't remember those days. <laughs> you, oh, you, yeah, that's, before, that's before your time, by the way. That's before your time. But yeah, uh, because sure. you're a lot younger than I am, but uh, that was a lot of fun. Let me tell you, one of my favorite songs. Yeah. <laughs> 
que j'avais presque oublié, tout se met au diapason d'une simple note qui me donne envie de chanter. Je sens que tous les chemins m'amènent où ça va bien. Ça va bien. Ça va bien. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I could just think that ça va bien part. I'm going to be you know, honest with you. Once upon a time, um, one of my superiors back in another life told me that I should stop singing because my voice wasn't good. And I looked at him and I said, this guy just doesn't get it. Does he think that I think I have a good voice? As a matter of fact, I know my voice is so bad, but that's what makes it so good. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah, you need to you need to find ways to tell people. My father was a teacher, and he said to, yeah. to the young kids, "You sing very well, but this is not the time." So you need to to find those ways to, yeah. <laughs> to tell people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I was told that I should stop singing, and I disobeyed the order, and I decided sure. to do it at one point. And I came out with a 14.8% market share, which was a record for that time slot. Never seen before, ever. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, All right, okay. <laughs> very, very proud of that, by the way. Very proud. Okay, uh, happy to have you on. Thank you for accepting yeah. the invitation. It's much appreciated. I talked Thank about you. Donnie Coulis, and this is an article that you wrote, and that's why I picked up the phone and I called you and I said, Shalom, Alexis, chum. Can you come on the sick podcast with me? And you said, yes, of course I can. So here we are. Okay. Uh, why don't we bring up for those who missed it, uh, what the, um, the tweet looked like, what the article is all about. There it is. Le camp d'entraînement du Canadien approche à grands pas. Training camp is around the corner. Voici 10 enjeux à surveiller en vue des prochaines semaines chez le Canadien. Let's take a look at these 10 things, um, you know, in the upcoming weeks for the Montreal Canadiens. So 10 yep. things to look at, and we're going to get to all 10. Why not? So why don't we bring up one and two? All right. Let's start with number one. Kijura yep. avec Nick Suzuki et Cole Caulfield. This is a great question. Number one thing going into camp, who will be the line mate for Suzuki and Caulfield? That's uh, that's a very interesting question because we know that Martin St. Louis is going to keep them together at, at the beginning of the season. Last year, they were always together except one game, I think. Yeah, Caulfield played on the second line um, when he was healthy, obviously. Uh, last year, Suzuki finished the season with... Um, To, uh, with uh, so many guys, he played a lot with Rafael Harvey Savard, but around him it was really messy. We we never knew who was going to play with him. Rafael so Harvey Pinar, a... Pinar, pas Savard, Pinar. Pinar, of course. Je pense que tu as dit Savard, mais c'est this the way Rafael Harvey Pinar and David Savard, yeah. you get Rafael yeah. Harvey Savard. You know what I mean? I want the two of them to play with Suzuki. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, uh, I want stability for, for Nick Suzuki uh, on his line and at the, the centers for, for him to, to perform um, as, as he played at the beginning of last season, the first 25 game. It was incredible because he played with Cole Caulfield and because there were good centers next to him. 
So I don't know who is going to be. I, I think it will be a lot of tests for uh, Martin St. Louis during the, the training camp. I brought up names like Josh Anderson, Sean Monahan, Kirby Doc, Alex Newhook, Rafael Arvipinal. These are all guys who, who can potentially play with him. Mm-hmm. If I have to guess right now, Tony, I'm going to say Josh Anderson. I think he, by default, he could play there. I know they're all righty, but they play together at some point in the past. I think it can work for a short period of time. I think the season could start like that, but it can change very fast. We know one thing for sure. There's yeah. one player who had a tremendous amount of success with Caulfield and Suzuki last year. It was Kirby Doc. Yeah. Who put up points like he's never put up points before at a yeah. rate where he's never put up points before at that rate. Mm-hmm. And he was perfect with them he played his best hockey the line was clicking it was hard to imagine another winger having said that when they acquired him even though they knew he was a versatile player who can play center and wing their first thought was this guy could give us size down the middle we see him as a centerman Mm -hmm. there's a lot of players who can play center on this team sean monahan can play center doc can play center Newhook can play center. Jake Evans can play center. Christian Dvorak, who won't be there to start the season, can play center. Obviously, you talked about Suzuki, who's going to be centering, you would think, the number one line. So I think when it comes to Doc, everyone knows he'd be perfect on that line. But do you think the decision is already made and it's set in stone? Doc is starting at center. Do you think that's been determined or it's open? I think you always wanted to to leave it open a little bit, but as right now, if the season has to start right now, I think Kirby Doc is playing as the second centerman of that team because they wanted to bring him as a center. And I remember last year, of course, that that uh, that line with Doc on the wing, it was perfect. It was very cool. And on your podcast, Jeff Gordon said, "Yeah, but he's still a centerman," and they still tried him at center. Yeah, and it worked. Not a, not as good as it worked uh, on the wing, but it still worked. So that was I a great conversation, because... by the way. In my opinion, the best chat that Jeff Gordon has had since he's here. I say that yeah. <laughs> very humbly. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> it was a good one. Um, so <laughs> you know, I I think they they want to to keep trying uh, that way to to have uh, Doc at center because they don't want to win this year. They want to win a little bit more, but they're not reaching for the Stanley Cup. So if you want to keep the development, I think you need to have Kirby Doc at center. Um, the, the other guys around him are going to play wings to, to accommodate Dak and to make sure that he can develop as the guy who was drafted third overall a few years ago. So in my book, and I think in Martin St. Louis' book, he's at center for now. If I'm Kent Hughes, yeah. out of all of them, who do you think I want to play with those guys? This is a little bit of a trick question, by the way. If, if I can't choose, yeah. who do I want to play with Suzuki and Caulfield? Huh. Um, I'm I'm not gonna say Doc because I think he wants him at center. So maybe does he wants to see Alex Newhook because he just acquired him and he wants to put him in good conditions? You ready for this? Go. If I'm Kent Hughes. Now, hear yeah. me out, eh? If I'm Kent Hughes, yeah. I want to see Monahan play there because I want him to pick up as many points as possible to raise his value right. as high mm-hmm. as I can on the market. So then I can say, salut la visite, thank you very much, and get mm-hmm. myself a very good pick 
or a prospect. You're right. That's what I would. Um, of course, I'm right. I, I, <laughs> was it too long? I think. Was it too long? <laughs> Go ahead, the Christian guy. All right. It's interesting, though, right? And by the way, yeah. I like your thought process that every time a general manager makes a deal, I mean, let's be honest, he wants to he wants to look good as well. So right. it would make sense to have Alex Newhook on that. By the way, Newhook can skate with those guys. Eh? He can skate with those yeah. guys, and he has yeah. the IQ to play with those guys. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm not crazy about that is there's some size missing on that line. Not that Sean Sean Monahan's Jack the Giant killer, by the way. In Mm -hmm. an ideal world, the guy to complement the line would be a Josh Anderson because you'd have a Mm -hmm. guy with some size who can defend himself and would be there to insulate some of these smaller players. I have a new theory for you. Let's say that Josh Anderson starts on the wing uh, on the first line because uh, of the, the reasons you just said and the one I said before. And you have a Sean Monahan who plays with New Hook and or Dak or whatever to to help the young kids to, to acclimate. Um, at the beginning of the season, do you think as the season progresses, now you can move a guy like Sean Monahan on the first line because the trade deadline is coming and because you say, well, if he plays with Caulfield and Suzuki, he can look good for uh, for being traded for a first pick or whatever you want to trade him, as you said a few minutes ago, can you do? I think you can do that. You can to, do that, to, but to you know the, the most value you're going to get from Monahan is for him to play on that line as much as possible to pick up as many points as possible. But you sure. can definitely do that. There's no doubt about it. So now, question number two, uh, which goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about, because in terms of Monahan can play center, Doc can play center. Let's get to it. Key Jura. Osandra. So behind Suzuki at center, who will play at center? I know this. Christian Dvorak is going to play at center at one point when he comes back. I'm fairly confident about that. Mm -hmm. So who plays at center? You say Kirby Doc? I think Doc is going to be the the, the centerman for the the second line. I think they they want to to have that test. I think Jake Evans has to play center because you don't want to put a Monahan or a New Hook or a Doc or a Dvorak on the the fourth line. So I think by default, uh, Jake Evans is the Evans is the the fourth line man. So and Suzuki, then, oh, Doc, Dvorak, and Evans. Yeah, we have Dvorak. Monahan and New Hook playing wing and or playing center. If another center is out with an injury, like is the case for Dvorak at the beginning of the season. I think so, and I, I think you, you, you know, last year they started Doc on the wing, and it worked, and then they they brought it at, at center. So maybe they want to do the same thing with Alex Newhook to to see if the recipe is gonna still work. So uh, with the the surplus at center, I think that a guy like Newhook could start at wing and could could move around. And I see Sean Monahan uh, as a player who can really help a young center. I really see him uh, play with either. Doc or Newhook, because I don't know if you remember last year at the beginning of the season, Doc was playing center uh, uh, and Monahan was on the wing, but sometimes he could take draws because uh, Doc was not used to do on that side and they can help him and they divided the responsibilities. So I think it can happen again with a guy like Sean Monahan. So that's why I think right now Monahan and Newhook could start the, the end, uh, could play at the wing if uh, Christian Dvorak is healthy. All right. Okay. Um... Then again, then again, let's not forget that even though Doc, we see him as a center or they see him as a center, at one point, if he's struggling with his confidence 
And players usually struggle with their confidence when they try and put up points, but they're not putting up as many points as they'd like. Don't be surprised if they go out and say, hey, you know what, play play wing for a couple of games. That yeah, could happen sure. too. But that's what I like about this team. They have so many options and they can adapt. And as long as uh, the, the young guys are at the center of the plan, if you, I want, if, if Kirby Doc plays wing, I want it because the Canadian wants him to play wing at that moment. I don't want it because uh, they, they want to put another player at center or they need to play Monaghan at center for some reason. No, I want Doc and Newhook and those guys to be at the center of the plan. So if it, go, if it goes by playing them wing for a few games, let it be. All right, okay. Uh, let's go to uh, number three. Number three. Les blessés vont-ils revenir à temps? But in terms of injuries, correct me if I'm wrong, and we know they've had like 8,223 injuries over the past couple of years. I made up that number, yeah. by the way. I think it's a give or take about uh, under 1,500 man games lost or about 1,500 man games lost over the last two years. Is there anyone that's escaping me other than Christian Dvorak? And if it is, it's only Dvorak. doesn't look like Dvorak will be ready for the season opener. No, I don't think Dvorak is gonna be is gonna be ready. Your number is not far from mine, as you can see. I said uh, twenty six thirty five at the top not of bad. the, <laughs> the not picture. Bad. So, not bad. So we're we think alike. Um, I, I think for now Dvorak is gonna be probably the only one because uh, a lot of guys were injured in January, February, and it was uh, they, they had time to heal, or it was the the, the kind of, the kind of injuries that doesn't take necessarily five or six months of course we can have surprise at training camp of course there can be injuries at training camp so we don't know what's going to happen but from what we know as of right now mm -hmm. i think the varak is the only one who's going to miss some time uh, i think so too yeah okay point number four qui seront les attaquants entre this is going to be i i think this is going to be a real good point of discussion here okay who's going to be the extra forwards now let me just grab my pen, piece of paper, yep. and let me, in no particular order, let me just write down 10 names, because I think the 10 are the easiest to come up with, right? So, yep. Suzuki, yep. Doc, mm -hmm. Dvorak, yep. Monaghan, mm -hmm. Newhook, Caulfield. Of course. So, you know, I put down on this list number one, number two, number three, four, five centers or center slash wing. Then we got Caulfield as a winger, of course. Seven, Josh Anderson. Yep. Eight. Unfortunately, it's going to have to be Armia with a contract obligation. Yeah. And then there's nine, there's 10, there's 11, and there's 12. So out of nine, 10, 11, and 12 in no particular order, Slavkovsky. Mm -hmm. RHP. Yep. Pazetta. Yulonen. And uh, not sure if you see anybody else. Do you did you say Brendan Gallagher? Brendan Gallagher, of course. Would you see Elias Anderson? Do you think he could be in the mix? 
depends of his training camp, but he could be there. Okay. But then again, you can make a real strong case that he'll be in Laval. Okay, so contracts. Suzuki, Doc, Dvorak, three are in for sure. Monaghan, Newhook, Caulfield, six are in for sure. Anderson, Armia, uh, eight are in for sure. Gallagher, nine are in for sure. Those nine uh, are in for sure. Suzuki, Doc, Dvorak, yep. Monaghan, Newhook, Caulfield, Anderson, Armia, Gallagher. Those nine yep. are in for sure. Mm-hmm. Now there's Slavkovsky, RHP, Pozzetta, Yelonen, and Anderson. Did you, you say Jake think? Evans? And Jake Evans. Okay. Leah Sanderson, I could scratch him off the list right away because you would think that Laval would need a player like him, especially with losing a couple of players the way they did. Uh, I, I don't think it's list? about Laval needing him, but yeah, I think he's going to go to Laval. Okay, so we can scratch him off the list. Is it safe to say that we can scratch Pozzetta off the list because Michael Pozzetta is more of a type of player that it won't stunt his development if he misses a game or two here or there and probably is such a good team guy that he wouldn't give you any problems if he's the extra man at 13? Is that safe to say? At 13, I think it's it's absolutely the kind of guy that you need to have at 13. And I the don't ideal think he 13? would complain. The ideal yeah. 13? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's well said. So at that point, once again, Suzuki, Doc, Dvorak, that's three. Monaghan, Newhook, Caulfield, that's six. Anderson, Armia, Gallagher, that's nine. If we want to put Jake Evans there, that's 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now Pizzetta's out of the lineup. So I have Slavkovsky and RHP. Well, you know, so they didn't send Slavkovsky to Laval last year. Yep. Which will lead a lot of people to believe that they're not going to send Slavkovsky to Laval this year. That's what I think. What if his camp is terrible? What if his camp is terrible? Do you think it's impossible? That Slavkovsky goes to Laval if his camp is terrible? It's possible. I don't think it's <clears throat> it's not impossible, but I I don't I will believe it when I see it. Because if they decided to keep him for a year, even though he missed six the last six or seven months or something mm-hmm. because of his injury, um, I think they still want to keep him in Montreal. If they wanted to send him to Laval, it would have happened last year, or he would have been to the World Juniors or something. So as of now, I think the the plan is very likely to keep him in Montreal. And if he is in Montreal, he's going to play. That being said, if he really, really, really has a bad camp, Mm -hmm. they would need to send him to to Laval. Are they going to do it? That's the question. I'm not sure about that. Yulinen's on the two-way, not an Espa? Uh, Contract two-way, but he needs to go through waivers. He needs to go through waivers, yes. That's interesting because that's not, you know, that's not a player you want to lose to waivers. That's that's a versatile player. Now he's not irreplaceable, obviously. Yep. Rafael RV Pinard with the way he played last year. Gotta was, be there. I was I was really afraid because Rafael RV Pinard doesn't need to go through waivers to go to Laval. So no, I was afraid of the fact that um maybe it would be easy to send him to Laval if there's a surplus. But without Mike Hoffman and without Rampert Lake, 
there is room for Rafael Harvey-Pinard. So for me, he is there, and if he's up, he's going to play. He, uh, he's not going to play uh, as much as he played at the end of the season last year because there were a ton of injuries, but he's going to play in Montreal this year. I would think so, because if he doesn't make the Montreal Canadiens, there's going to be some people who aren't going to be happy, starting with the president of the Rafael Harvey-Pinard fan club, Danik. With the with the gold chains, you know, Danik, uh, yeah, Rafael Alvi Pinar, yeah, Pinar. Danik, yep. yeah, yeah, Danik is not going to be happy, and uh, Danik doesn't oh, look really? like a guy that you want to mess with. Okay, all right, okay, <laughs> so we got that out of the way, I think. So once again, um, Suzuki, Doc, Dvorak, Monahan, Newhook, Caulfield, Anderson, Armia, Jake Evans, Gallagher, Slavkowski, mm-hmm. RHP. Yep. All right. That's my and, that's my twelve for now. Pozzetta is your 13th man. Yelonen is in and out of the lineup every now and then. Up, down, up, down. Obviously, you don't want to lose him on waivers. All right, okay. Point number five. Quel espoir vont se démarquer à l'attaque? Who are the prospects that will show us something at the forward position? You know, Who are the prospects? Um... I I think Sean Farrell's gonna have a, a, a chance because he finished the season in the NHL, but we saw it play last year. I really think he would benefit from playing in Laval. So and, and unless he has like a huge training camp, I really see him playing with the Rocket at the beginning of the season. Um would I they do be not tempted, believe would they be tempted to have Mashar and Slavkowski on a line together? No. I don't no. think so either. No, Mashar then didn't again, play. If that well then junior he doesn't belong in the nhl right now no i don't think he's ready either i saw him at development camp he scored a nice goal but i don't think he's ready you know there's an interesting yep. name there which is emil heineman emil yep. heineman's got an nhl shot emil heineman can score goals he's just, you know we didn't talk about heineman we didn't talk about heineman that much last year because he, he was playing in europe um, but once he finished the season in Laval, we saw that shot. You talk about it. It's really his, his biggest tool. Um, I, I think he can have a, a real chance because the other names, I think they all have a little something that you're not sure if you want to bring them. Maybe Elias Anderson because he has an experience um, in the NHL and, and he would make uh, Jeff Gorton looks good for his pick. Uh, from New York, but if, if the other names, I, I do not believe that Owen Beck is going to make the NHL. I know he wants to make it and every time not he talks year. about it, he, he wants to play in the NHL. What's the point? You, you have that many forwards. Why bring a 19-year-old as good as he is right now in the NHL? Make him go to the um, dominating the OHL, so that's that would be fine for me. Um, he'll end, I, up, he'll uh, end up taking Emil- Evans' spot, I think, but not right away. Exactly, exactly. Next year, you'll see. But right now, let him play in the OHL. Yeah. Uh, Emil Einemann would probably be the name that would stand out for me. If he has a really great camp, he's going to open some eyes uh, because he finished the season strong in, in Laval and he has a, a really good offensive upside, which is what the, the, the Canadians are looking for. So Einemann is the, the, the pick that I want to see. Maybe a, a Joshua Roy or a Riley Kidney because they finished so strong in the, in the queue last year. But I see them starting in Laval and if they, they get hot, uh, on a serious period of time, now they can be called up. But Einemann did that uh, a little bit, so maybe it's going to be my uh, my outpick. Quel genre de camp d'entraînement pour Yuri Slavkowski? What kind of camp for Yuri Slavkowski? 
I'm really curious about that because he, he missed so many times. We we talked about it, and his um, his training during the summer was very interesting for me. Um, working on his um, on his breath and being more more alert on the ice and all the we we saw the pictures right with, yeah. with the the glasses and everything. So I I want to know the how virtual it's reality, the virtual reality exactly. and, and all that stuff, but exactly. taking in the oxygen. Uh, almost yep. kind of like playing at altitude type of thing. Uh, Nicolas Cloutier, by the way, of TVS Sport did a fantastic yep. article on that. And Absolutely. I think we should mention it as well. Uh, look, based on what we're hearing, he's going to come in lighter than he did a year ago. Yeah, I think so. Um, the only thing I'm worried about, Tony, is the fact that he worked on so many things, the, the, the breath, the reality, looking around him and everything. I hope he's not going to be stuck in his head and he's not going to be thinking too much because if he, he, he worked on the way he breathes, uh, and he thinks about it on the ice. I need to breathe that way. I need to shut that way. I need to be placed that way. He's going to be stuck in his own head and he, he's not going to do well. But if it's if it comes natural to him, it's he's going to be a, a better player than the one we saw in the past months. So I, I'm really curious. Shall Alexi, that I, think that anything, I think anything you practice be, ends up becoming a force of habit. You know, I understand your point. Really, yep. I get it. Yep. And I'll yep. be paying attention to it. Uh, yep. But I think that once you just start practicing... A certain way of breathing you start practicing a certain way of doing things i think it's going to come yeah. as an automatic yeah i i think so i i, I and i hope so but you know i, I don't know how many times he, he he worked it during the summer and if he, he started late or whatever so um I, i'm i'm pretty confident that he's going to be fine but i still have that little doubt in my mind and you know he's a first pick overall so the attention is going to be on him but i think we're going to see pretty early in the camp uh, what the results of this of this summer is gonna is gonna give to to the Canadians, and I'm pretty sure it's gonna be quite positive. You know what? I hope he comes in and he scores a goal right away in some of the exhibition games because if he doesn't, like you just said, all eyes are gonna be on him. The first pick yep. of one year ago, and we know that he had a you know his season was cut short due to an injury. At the end of the day, this guy did not put up a lot of points last year. I think it was like what was it, ten points in thirty nine games or whatever it was. Yep. There are rookies who did worse. There are rookies who did better. But the expectations were so high, probably would have been somewhat impossible to, to, to reach those expectations. But I just I want him to get off on the right foot because, you know, in Montreal, when you do, you can just take off from there. And if you yep. don't get off on the wrong foot, things just kind of snowball from there. And they just they just end up getting worse. So I just I, I hope I hope he's. Absolutely. You know, he shows us what he's capable of showing us. He doesn't have to do it every night. It's, I mean, it's, it's, he's still a young player, but I just hope he gets off to a good start. Yeah. And we know it's, it's not going to be based on results. No one is saying, oh, he only had 10 points last year. We're, we're, we're talking about the progression. We're talking about what we're seeing on the ice. I want him to be alert when he has the, uh, when he has the puck and not just looking to, to his stick. So that's the kind of things we're, we're going to be looking at. If we think we're, he's going in the, in the right direction, the points, I'm not going to say not going to matter because it's always going to matter a little, mm -hmm. bit, but mm -hmm. it's not going to matter that much. I hear you. All right. Okay. Next. And before we do, a shout out to Murphy Clinic, of course, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the other on the North Shore in Tarabon. They're also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at Murphy Clinic. All right, okay, there you have it. 
Uh, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Charlie and uh, Sam over at Optimal Stretch Clinic, OptimalStretchClinic.com, Optimal Stretch Clinic on Instagram, 4710 St. Ambroise. They're in Point St. Charles. And whether it's fascial stretch therapy, whether it's deep tissue sports massage, whether it's osteo, whether it's physio, whether it's cupping, uh, you know, uh, acupuncture, you name it, it's become kind of like a one-stop shop. It's pretty awesome. All right. Uh, did we lose Charlotte Alexi? No, no, we have Charlotte Alexi again. Okay. Quel défenseur va faire le club? Okay. Which defenseman will make the team? Who are your top six? Um, my top six for now, I have obviously Madison and Saval because for obvious reason, they are the, the veterans here. Yeah. Um, you need to have Caden Gooley playing every night if he's healthy, because we saw how, how good he is. So 100% Gooley is here. Um, I, I want to have Jordan Iris on that team. It's, he, he's been in Montreal for more than a year and he brings something interesting to, to the table. I don't see any value to, to bring him back to, to Laval. So for me, he's my uh, he's in my top six. Good first. Pass. I want to see, yeah, I want to see Harbor Jackai on, on that team. I don't. I think he, he had really a, a good season for for the type of defenseman he is. And if he's healthy, I think he belongs to that team as well. He's kind um, of the Canadians' Lyle Odeline of the nineteen ninety three Stanley Cup winning team. Yeah, kind of is. Yeah. And you know you the, he's very liked by everyone, so uh, it would be special to to send Jack. I imagine the the reaction of the fans if Jack I was sent to Laval. That would be something. <laughs> no, no, I, I hear you, but you know the um, big question here is uh, Gustav Lindstrom. Yeah, um, for me, uh, I think Kovacevic and Lindstrom are in that mix. I think they're gonna make the team. Uh, it. There is a world where Lidstrom doesn't make the team, but I don't think it's very likely. I think Kent Hughes brought him to 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 see what he has in Lidstrom. So Lindstrom and Kovacevic could be, for example, six and seven. Um, I think Justin Barron is going to Laval by default because there are a lot of defensemen and it's easy to send him down. He was sent down at the beginning of last season as well. So I don't know if it's fair. I don't know if it's going to happen. But if he doesn't have a huge training camp, he is at risk for me. And, uh, you know, there is Chris Whiteman. The thing about Chris Whiteman is we don't know how many goaltenders are going to start the season in Montreal. So we don't know if you can carry seven or eight defensemen. But there is a world where Chris Whiteman is going through waivers. I know he's a very uh, very well-liked veteran, but he's taking a spot. And they, they cannot carry Chris, uh, Chris Whiteman through anything. Qui seront les gardiens en ville? Who will be the goalies in town? I think we can dismiss Caden Primo. He's going to be sent down to Laval. And because of his contract, two years contract, he's not going to be picked. Have you seen a lot of guys getting picked in the last year with two years on their contract? There is Kovacevic, but he has a really low uh, uh, average. It's not necessarily the, the, the case for Primo, more than $1 million. I don't think he's going to be, be, be picked. Um, so obviously, it's between Montembeau, Allen, and DeSmith. As of right now, I see uh, Samuel Montembeau and Jake Allen making the team if they are healthy because they, there is a, a possibility that a goaltender can get injured uh, yeah. through the beginning of the season. But if they are healthy, the two are here. Uh, and Montembeau said, will start maybe not with the label of a number one, but in Marty St. Louis' head. I think he's starting with a little bit of a head start on Allen. We, rem we recall, of yeah. course, that Marty St. Louis 
was very reluctant to say that Samuel Montembeau was his number one goalie last year. On a couple yeah, of occasions, right. he said it was Jake Allen, but I think mm-hmm. the performances down the stretch showed us that Montembeau is in pole position. And you know Jake Allen's not going to complain. He said it. He said, I want to be uh, uh, there for, for the guys, and if Montembeau needs to play and I need to be here for him, I'm going to do just that. So I, I don't think there's going to be a... <laughs> a huge debate here. Samuel Montembeau is going to play a little bit more uh, than Jake Allen. And then, of course, you have Casey DeSmith. You know, Kent Hughes said uh, last week that um, DeSmith is not going to be buried in the minors, right? And I believe him because if he acquires a guy like him just to put it in Laval, the other mm-hmm. players in the league are going to take notes. So he's going to be in the NHL. I don't know if it's in Montreal. I don't know if it's somewhere else. As of right now, the market for goaltenders are really slow. So I'm not sure there's a taker for him. Maybe it's going to need uh, an injury somewhere to to trade Casey to Smith. So as of right now, I need to say that there's going to be three goaltenders on that roster just because of the, the way the market is. But, you know, we're at the end of the August. So, yeah. uh, October is, is far down the road. Many, many, many things can happen from there. So I'm not ready to say that there will absolutely be uh, uh, three goaltenders on that roster. But as of now, maybe you don't have a choice to to think about the possibility. Yeah, the two other things that you wrote about, of course, is going to be David Reinbacker at camp and how does Marty St. Louis approach the training camp. So let's start with David Reinbacker. I had a chance to see him at development camp. Uh, we had a chance to see video highlights of him, a game that he played a couple of weeks ago. Um, he was on the ice for a couple of goals against, but he looks very, very smooth. He doesn't look like a player who plays uh, afraid to make a mistake. He looks like he's a player who will go out and take chances in the offensive zone. Still a mm-hmm. lot of growth there as a player. Um but, you know, a player who's used in the number one pairing with his team, of course. What do you expect from him at camp? I want him not to 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 be afraid to play with those guys because, as you said, he played in the development camp last month and he, he, he was good, but he was against player his own age or around his own age. Yeah. And they were not as good as him. So right now he's going to be against yeah, guys from the NHL. He's going to be against Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield and other good defensemen. So I, I want him to, to to just feel comfortable because we know he's not going to be at training camp to, to win a spot. He's likely to go back uh, in Sw- Switzerland to for next season. So we just want to see what he looks like. We want to see uh, what he needs to work on. So that's why I, I have him in his own category because it's it's another debate from the, the other guys. But I want him to, to feel comfortable on the ice and not to be uh, intimidated. Awesome stuff. Marty St. Louis. You remember last year at the training camp, it started really, really strong. And there were talks of le camp torturella, so la torture. So yes, uh, of course, we know the we know the link between John Torturella and Martin Saint Louis. It was, was a pace. Really it was the, the the practices were up tempo. Pardon me, and it was a pace that we weren't used to seeing. I don't think the players were worse to, used to seeing it either. I mean, uh, we were you know they were wondering if they were going to be able to get through camp. Exactly. And you saw the season. It's not the only factor, but there were a lot of injuries, as we know. So I'm, I'm just wondering, is there a you think, link? You think they and pushed them so, too hard? Yeah. You think you pushed them too hard? I think I think a little bit because the, 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 the camp just started. They hadn't. They, they didn't have a, a huge uh, rhythm, rhythm of games for a few months. So maybe it could have started a little bit slower. 
Of course, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I don't know everything that Martin said. We know that I yeah. analyze it from the uh, from the outside. But uh, around the NHL, the the, the coach are starting a little bit um, uh, lower uh, at the level of uh, of intensity, and they progressively augment it. You know, it was uh, the first camp of Martin Saint Louis in the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> coach so uh, I wonder if he's gonna go with the same strategy I wonder if he's gonna adapt I wonder what Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are thinking about it you know Jeff Gordon has seen a lot of training camp in his life so maybe they, they had a talk last year about it it's so not I, a bad point curious. if you're gonna be behind the bench for your first training camp you want to do as they say on bon français uh, épater la galerie, la galerie de place right uh, just yeah. maybe yeah. uh impress a couple of people even though he doesn't have to impress anybody but i i understand what you're saying like he probably uh really wanted to get the guys going in camp so much more so than ever before and to a fault where you know all of a sudden guys end up tweaking something and then they're playing through it and and that's how you can get hurt So that that's why I'm wondering: Is he gonna adapt because of he doesn't have to 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 make that first impression in a training camp? Is he gonna continue to to stay the course because this is the John Tortorella way and he wants to to keep it? So uh, I'm not sure exactly about that, but he, he, it, it's gonna be a second camp, so he's gonna he's gonna progress too. You know, we we talked a lot uh, during the season about the the kids progressing. It's the same for Saint Louis, and he's the first to say, "I'm not perfect to to run a bench. I still need to to learn some things," and, and it's perfect. He's learning on the job. The, the team is not expected to, to win a Stanley Cup in the next year. So he, he has room to, to grow himself too. So uh, I really want to see what he's going to look like after a, a fresh summer like that. He's sure of his job last year. There were, you know, he, he was just pitched in the in the NHL. So he had to work on a lot of things. Now he has uh, he has a lot of bases that he can work on. So I, I, I'm really uh, intrigued to see what Martin St. Louis is going to bring to his players next for next uh, next month, actually. Uh, a couple of uh, contract extensions, uh, one of which is Andre Turigny, a three-year contract extension with the Arizona Coyotes in circumstances that are not easy for sure. And Austin Matthews is the highest-paid player in the National Hockey League now, surpassing Connor McDavid, a four-year deal at $13.25 million. Very interesting because earlier in the season, There was all kinds of scenarios and all kinds of talk that Austin Matthews' contract would be up, and then you know what? Uh, they wouldn't bring him back, and then he would be because he was he had one year left on his contract, and of course, whether or not he was going to go to unrestricted free agency, when uh, when Jim Trivling came, when uh, was it Brad Trivling came, right. Jim Jim's his father, when Brad Trivling came in, of course, uh, former general manager of the Calgary Flames, now general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, he made it very clear that he wanted to sit down with Austin Matthews and he wanted to keep him in Toronto for a while, so. Uh, Austin Matthews is a leaf. It's um, I know what a lot of people are thinking. Highest paid player in the National Hockey League, and he got by the first round once. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what a lot of people yeah. are thinking. But the reality is, as time goes on, and some players' contracts will be up and others will still have their contracts, that contracts are going to go up and there's always going to be somebody who's going to end up taking over as that highest paid player. And within a couple of years from now, It's not going to be Austin Matthews anymore, you would think. It's probably going to be another player in the National Hockey League. But it's interesting that it's it's coming off of a year in which he was not his regular scoring self. He's mm -hmm. had better years. And this is the contract. 
And you know, he's going to be 26 in a few months. So that by the time his actual contract at 11.64, his contract is going to be up. He's going to be 27. Add four years to that, he's going to be 31. So it's a good deal for him because at 31, he can still cash in. I don't know if it's going if he's going to sign a, a, a eight-year deal at that time. Because and that'll and that'll probably be to... the last year of his of, of his. That'll probably be the last contract of his career at 31. Exactly. So so we'll see what he's going to sign. But with the cap, who's going to go up by I don't know how many million dollars uh, through the next five years, he's going to be in a good position to one make a lot of money and two to decide if he still wants to commit to the the Maple Leafs because as of right now, clearly he's happy with the money and he, he's ready to uh, to ride the, the the Toronto media for the next five years with what it goes through. So uh, maybe he believes in the plan. Maybe he just wants the money. I'm, I'm not sure what's his end game here, but clearly he's happy with the, the deal because he signed it and he's going to have the opportunity to to sign a, a next huge deal. It makes me uh, makes me think of the NBA, Tony, because in the NBA, the, the contract are short and you yeah. you always have the opportunity to to sign to your value because you don't you 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 don't commit to a, an eight year deal that You're you right. signed a year before, so you have a nine year deal in fact, and then uh, through year seven, eight, nine, you think you're underpaid or whatever. It's not going to be the case with Austin Matthews. So good for him and good for the Leafs because as of right now, he's under contract for uh, for a few more years. So that that's good for both sides, I think. What do Austin Matthews and Tony Marinaro have in common and how are they different? They both work in sports, but Austin Matthews makes 13.25 million per year and Tony Marinaro makes 13.25 per hour. There you have it. On that <laughs> note, I don't know whether to laugh or cry, but I'll say thank you very much, Charles Alexis Brisbois of Danny Coulis. Always a pleasure talking to you. Always available. Your time, your info, your insight, it's all very much appreciated. Merci beaucoup, mon champ. Thank you very much, Tony. Always a pleasure. You're very welcome. Thank you. And there you have it. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, like it, share it with your friends. That was a pretty funny joke, as a matter of fact, but now I'll cry. And uh, comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. And if you're going to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. It's my way of feeling the love. And if you don't think it's worthy of five stars, give me a five-star anyway, because I have a couple of kids and uh, everyone needs to eat. All right. Thank you very much. On that note, for Shane Camon. And Juliana, Sammy, and Agnello Cavallaro. It's the Sick Podcast. And me, I'm Marinaro. Marination, baby. Woo! And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.